This is The Playbook. I have another Division Three superstar. That's right. An ex-college athlete making it happen off the field. Nick Carparelli's here, the executive director of Bull Season. And he's having quite an impact in building a brand that has been around longer than both of us have been around. Welcome to The Playbook, Nick. Thanks for having me, David. Looking forward to chatting with you. You know, I started a podcast six years ago, and I never thought it would grow uh, to the point where it is today that uh, we'd have the community that we have, but also to have the stories that we have, these playbooks of success. And when I saw your podcast, Bull Season Stories, I thought, wow, I didn't think anybody could have better subject matter that would entice me more than my own podcast. But there has to be so many terrific lessons and stories that are around the official podcast of Bull Season. Uh, because talk about credibility, emotional attachment, and value. Those three things are inherent in the bull games. What made you move in this direction after your sports career has, you know, obviously as an executive been quite successful to start a podcast about our official bull season? Well, that's you hit it on the head in terms of the emotions involved and the uh, the fun and excitement I'm having with the podcast. You know, the podcast was really born out of the bowl season brand itself, which we launched a little over two years ago. You know, and, and you, you made the interesting comment that I point out to a lot of people. Bowl season has been around for 100 years, <laughs> but the bowl season brand has only been around for two or three years. You know, when, when the I was hired... Uh, as the executive director of the old football bowl association, my charge was to promote this great American sports tradition in a bigger and better way than we ever had before. So my, my response was, well, we got to first, the first thing we have to do is we have to have a name. What do we call ourselves? You know, what am I promoting? Uh, we, we try not to outsmart ourselves with the bowl season name. I, I think we, we stole some, uh, time value, you know, that, that comes with building a brand by picking the bowl season name. And it's really taken off. And one of our biggest goals, David, is to, uh, as I said earlier, promote the bowl system and tell all the great stories uh, of, of players and coaches and announcers and fans, all the great uh, memories they have uh, of playing in bowl games, participating in bowl games. So so Bowl Season Stories podcast was born. Again, didn't outsmart ourselves with the name. And uh, gosh, I, I know it's hard to book guests. And I'm not saying it's even easy for us. But depending on what the show is, it's not hard to get guys to talk about their experiences playing in bowl games. They Their eyes light up. And as you noted, just such great stories. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And it's that meaning that we give to history, especially in uh, the evolution and the fast changing uh, brand itself of bowl season and where the bulls have come from and where they're going. I know I sit on the board of the Rose Bowl and, you know, I was honored that I was the only one they knew. I went to Tulane Law School and they were trying to find someone uh, to sign the helmet in the museum at the Rose Bowl because to my surprise, Tulane played in the Rose Bowl uh, way back when. And even further to my surprise, uh, Occidental Art College played USC way back when uh, in a game at the Rose Bowl. Uh, so there's a lot of history and a lot of meaning to that history. Uh, but unlike baseball, uh, the traditionalists are not winning out, right? The bowl season moves with the times. What are some of the key changes that have occurred uh, in this bowl season brand 
that, you know, unlike baseball that really held back any change, it seems like the bowl guys, the bowl season as the executive director really listens to the fans and accommodates what people want. Yeah. So that's, that's a good question. A lot of directions I can go with that there, you know, bowl season is still a great tradition. I mean, fans, fans love watching them. Student athletes love participating in them. Um, I'm a big fan of the playoff. I think a lot of people are uh, surprised when I say that. I mean, I'm a college football fan at heart. Uh, and the playoff is great for the game. We need a mechanism to crown a national champion. But at the same time, bowl season is equally important. There's four slots in the playoff now. They're going to 12. I don't know how many more they could have. Football is unique. You know, as it is, you're, you're asking some guys to play four more games after the regular season. So we might be at, you know, close to the limit. That's a not, not enough postseason opportunities for all of Division I college football, right? How many programs are there that in any given year really, really have no business aspiring to be in the playoff that year, but they're either trying to build a program, rebuild a program. There's a lot of newer emerging programs that are new to Division I that are making some waves. And going to a bowl game, uh, having that experience um, is really, really valuable to them. And, and like we say, creates great memories that last a lifetime. So, you know, bowl season's as strong as ever. It may just have a little bit different role, but it's equally important to the playoff in, ter in, in terms of servicing a larger group of student athletes. And to that measure, it's also servicing the families of the student athletes. And I know even in the different divisions that exist beyond the bowls where there's a playoff uh that has been existing for 30 some years in division three where there's 16 teams uh that it's interesting because it's the holiday family experience so the families that have sacrificed for all those years get to go to san diego for a holiday bowl or get to go to alamo or to florida and it really from my experience over the last three decades of being a part of these bowls I think it's a lot about a family and bonding and building an alumni as well as the experience for the players getting an opportunity to play in something beyond the regular season. How much is that a part of the bowl season, the family holiday aspect? I think it's a big part of it. You know, you know, the NCAA, you know, says that the student athlete experience is, is important. And I don't, I don't think that is always demonstrated in, in, in terms of their the actions of conferences, but um, I believe it's, it's still to be the case. When you think about other sports, in the summer, they go on foreign tours, and it's a great experience for that student athlete to experience the world in other parts of the country. We're in the point of the, of the basketball season now where, where we have those early season tournaments where, 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 where guys and girls are going to going to the Bahamas and, and Hawaii and Las Vegas and Orlando, you know, football doesn't have that, you know, for, for football, bowl games serve that purpose. And uh, to your point about families being involved, whether it's over the holidays or not really, really valuable. If, if it wasn't for bowl games, football student athletes would be missing out on a really big part of the student athlete experience. And beyond the players and beyond the family comes the economics and the economics of bowl season uh, also has expanded. And I think a playoff system obviously will increase the attention and the monetization of bowl season. You know, how much do you see expanding from four to 12 teams 
will do for the monetization of the bowl season? Well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, they're, you know, I talk to the commissioners on a regular basis. Obviously they don't, you know, I'm not privy to some of their internal discussions, but, you know, going to 12 teams, it seems like if they can start early, it's going to look a certain way. Once we get past the, the end of this current contract that they have with ESPN, it may, it may change uh, in a bigger way. Um, it's hard to imagine it won't be a two network model where, where some playoff games are on one network, some are on the other. Uh, and you can, we could probably all guess which networks are most likely to, to, to share in that. Um, if that's the case, uh, both networks are going to need college football programming leading into the playoff games. You can't just go from having games uh, on championship weekend and then having no college football for two weeks or so until the playoff game. So I think the rest of the bowl system and the rest of the bowl games is going to have an increased value as lead in programming for those playoff games for, for one or potentially two networks. And beyond TV, we have this new thing called Web3 and blockchain. Uh, because I've been in sports for so long, involved in the bowl season so long, I look at sports and think about, you know, where are the capabilities of blockchain and Web3 most applicable? And looking at bowl season seems to me to be a completely aligned uh, type of content for uh, Web3 and the utilization of NFTs and collectibles and capabilities of fractionalized ownership. There's a variety of capabilities that I think, has there been any discussion or any advancement with Web3 in the bull season? You know, we're, we're exploring all these new opportunities, if you will, you, name, you named a couple, you know, the uh, advent of NIL, you know, to engage student athletes and student athletes in promotion of the game and everything else, you know, college football has uh, never been known to move quickly uh, with new opportunities. Uh, I think we're, you know, each of the individual bowl organizations is, is kind of a little bit of a wait and see and, and seeing how, how these things play out and what kind of value they could bring to bowl games. But um, I, I think you'll see uh, the bowl system evolving with the rest of the world and the rest of the college football, especially as we get into this next cycle of, of the CFP and, and, and bowl agreements. You know, as, as a society, we've been elevated in the political discussions that have been around us for the last uh, six to eight years. And it's raised awareness to some critical social issues that we need to address. Uh, but I equate it mostly to the advantage of bowl season that Previous to a playoff system, it was always the con conversation that raised the awareness and the interest, you know, should we have a playoff, shouldn't we? And then when it was the playoffs with just four, it's who should be in the four. And, you know, we've had seasons where two teams were undefeated, as you remember, way back when, and who was number one. And that's probably the best thing that's happened uh, to bowl season, especially and college football is just the discussion of you know what's right and what's wrong and what's fair and what's not fair. Do you see this expansion? Do you see the changes? What are uh, for for you the key discussion points? The ones that are you know most fervently argued you know in bowl season now. What do you see as the biggest issues? Well, I I, I think you're you're clearly right, David. I think the role bowl season plays in the postseason has has changed with the addition of the playoff. Like I said, the, the playoff is, is good for college football and bowl season still has a really, really important role. You know, I think sometimes we take 
things for granted that have been around for a long time. And you need to kind of, you know, get a little perspective on what you have. You know, I tell people all the time, if, if bowl games did not exist, and I told you, I have this great idea uh, that's going to be a tremendous promotional vehicle for the game of college football. If at the end of every season, every team that's 500 or better gets to play one more game, they've earned that. And they get matched up against a team they, that they wouldn't normally schedule. They get to play in a destination that they wouldn't normally travel to. And fans of, of 42 communities across the country get to see a brand of college football that they don't normally get to see in person. And that that's going to help promote the game in a unique way. What would you say to that? <laughs> Amazing, right? Pretty good idea, right? But how would yeah. you ever execute it? Right. But the, the bowl games have been doing that for a hundred years. And I think sometimes we got to, we have to remember uh, how valuable it is, what we, what we already have. And the last issue that I think uh, gets overlooked with the bowl season as well. One of the key components of my mission in life and my career is to provide equity and inclusion. Uh, and it's something that college football and uh, the bowl season have been doing for a hundred years. Uh, meaning that there's, you know, my mom, for example, who went to Ohio State, you know, never gets excited about even her own kids playing college football. But if Ohio State's playing in a bowl game, you know, it has her full attention for four hours. There is a multicultural, multi-generational uh, equity that is, I think, like none other. And there's other sports that brag about this generational cross-generational equity and inclusion component but i think the bowl season holds that better than anyone because there's spirit squads and marching bands and athletic staff and fans and alumni all over the world now that are joining together uh, as a community to cheer positively cheer their team on how do you see the bull season helping with equity and inclusion in this bonding and unity that exists within the communities that's so sought after today? Yeah, well, I, you bring up a good point there. I mean, it's 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 one of those special times of year on the sports calendar that does bring people together. You know, in terms of you know, you mentioned equity and inclusion within a family, right? The older generation, younger generation, the moms, the dads. Um, you know, something about, you know, a Wednesday night between Christmas and New Year's, you turn the TV on looking for a bowl game. You might not even know which game is going to be on. You just know you're going to find one and you watch it. You know, you take the same regular season matchup, same two teams. You move it from September or November and you, or, or October, November, you move it to December, call it a bowl game. Statistically, it gets two to three times the number of viewers. Um, so people are together over the holidays. And uh, you're right, it brings families together, brings communities together. It's a, it's a time where, you know, fans of an institution, whether you live in that state or you went to that school of all races and genders, they come together and, you know, if they, if they go to the bowl game in person, there's, there's tailgate parties and block parties. And uh, it's just a great celebration of, of, of family, of community and of, of the game of college football. And you and I, just to finish up, we both went to small schools where they afforded us the opportunity to play sports, uh, but it gave us also an opportunity to cheer whatever big college we want to cheer. And for you, what team is it that you cheer for during the bowl season? 
Well, you know, I, I, uh, I went to Syracuse, you know, uh, to get my MBA. That was my first job in sports. I was a graduate assistant for Paul Pasqualoni and back when, back when we were good and we, uh, we went to the Fiesta Bowl, we beat Colorado, I think a year after they won the national championship. Um, and that was a pretty big deal. And, you know, you know, you're always impressionable when you're younger and whatever your first is. So that was my first bowl experience. That was, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very active in the Syracuse community. I'm on David Falk's board of advisors at, uh, for his sports management programs. Uh, you know, David's uh, very active on the board as well as uh, Sandy Montag and, and Mike Tarico and uh, just enough, uh, Brandon Steiner, just really legends in the sports world. Sometimes I wonder how I even fit into that group, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Syracuse is the answer. All good friends of mine and add Danny Shays to the mix. And you have a complete set of really extraordinary spirits, spirits of excellence, which is what really the bowl season's about is carrying on a spirit of excellence of over a century of history, tradition, and of course, culture. Uh, one that is uh, turned into making a lot of money, helping a lot of people, and especially having a lot of fun. I can't wait to see what's next. Should be the tagline for the bowl season stories because you never know what's going to happen next when it comes to the bowl season what a great franchise what a great brand and thank you for doing such a great job nick caparelli the executive director of bowl season check out bowl season stories it's an extraordinary time the official podcast of bowl season of course enjoy your favorite teams during the holiday with your families